Happy Friday, everyone. On today's Locked On NHL, we have our first playoff series victors in the Vegas Golden Knights. Goaltending has come up big in some other series as well. We get into the week that was in the NHL Stanley Cup playoff action and look ahead to games six across the league all on today's show. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NHL for Friday, April 28th. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can find him on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-B-S-N-Y-I. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are we doing today, Gil? We are good. This is my favorite time of year. We're knee deep into playoff hockey here. And I'll tell you, there's been some very entertaining and exciting series going on. And, and this weekend is going to be even more of the same. So uh, I'm very happy right now. How about you? I'm pretty happy too. Probably not as happy as fans of the Vegas Golden Knights who are the first team to get out of the first round of the playoffs. Of course, they win their series against the Winnipeg Jets in five games. And, you know, after falling five to one in that first game, kind of took them by surprise, I would say. Uh, But even they would admit they didn't play very well in that one. They went on to win the next four games, including that exciting two overtime game three uh, at Winnipeg, which I think to me, that was probably the turning point of the series overall in that, uh, especially when you have that kind of loss at home for Winnipeg. uh, I think that was probably, you know, a, at least the start of the nail in the coffin for them. Yeah, that was an emotional loss. And uh, Winnipeg had so many chances in the overtime to put that game away. And then, you know, you get into double overtime and poof, it was over really quickly. Uh, And I I think that emotionally took a lot of the wind out of the sails of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, they were also dealing with uh, some key injuries that, they weren't able to overcome and it's it's disappointing from a Jets standpoint but you know as for Vegas I think they were the deeper team and uh they are the first team as you said to move on to round two yeah I think you know for me that just shows the difference when you have a team that has the depth to sustain themselves through whatever happens Uh, versus a team that maybe is a little bit more precarious on that front, obviously with Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey out uh, two key players for the Winnipeg Jets. I think that they just weren't really able to overcome that um, in some ways. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a first round exit for the Jets. But 
Uh, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who would you like to see next between the Kings and Oilers? I would have to think it would be the Kings just because you want to stay away from the uh, Dreisaitl-McDavid duo. Uh, but neither one of those teams is an easy out. And uh, I, if, if, if I'm Vegas, I keep my mouth shut. I don't put right. any bulletin board material up there for either one of those teams. And I just prepare to play whoever I'm going to play. Exactly. Uh, definitely don't want to, you know, have any bad juju there. As they no. say. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> exactly. Uh, talking about another kind of theme for the playoffs this year is just how much of an impact that goaltending is having right now. And, you know, we've got several series where that's been a huge factor. I would say in the in the uh, Dallas Wild series, Jake Ottinger gave five shutout, 27 saves. I mean, it's just been so impactful in a really tightly contested series. Yeah, and Ottinger has been getting it done all year for Dallas. He really is the backbone of that team. And, you know, him coming up big in a series between two teams that are so evenly matched uh, in so many ways, I think it's been uh, a big reason why Dallas is up 3-2 and hoping to close out the series over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And when you contrast that with the Wild, who have been kind of going back and forth with their goaltending, uh, I think that is, you know, one of the factors. I mean, Dallas is playing well and are favored. But at the same time, when you have the confidence of an Ottinger in net, like there's a lot more you can do uh, skating wise out there on the ice. Yeah. And, and you know, you got to almost feel for Mark andre Fleury getting, you know, giving up seven goals in his one start. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Gustafson is going to get, you know, most of the action. And, and he's played pretty well, but uh, very tough to match Ottinger right now. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Akira Schmidt and the New Jersey Devils, who uh, got himself a 23-save shutout. Uh, he is just been the difference maker, I think, in this Rangers Devils series, which has the Devils up three to two now. Yeah, I mean, they were down two nothing. They switch goaltenders. Schmidt comes in. I mean, these numbers are off the charts. He has a 976 save percentage in three games and a 0 0.63 goals against average. You mentioned the shutout. And you know, not a lot of people outside of uh, New Jersey really knew much about Akira Schmidt. I mean, he, he's 22 years old. He's a Swiss native, 6'5", 205. So he's a, a big goalie. And, you know, he'd only played 24 NHL games coming into these playoffs. They didn't start the series with him, but as soon as they switched to him, it was almost like uh, a switch got turned on and the Devils picked up their game significantly. They did. And that's what I was talking about with the confidence you have in your goaltender, right? It allows you to, to do more things offensively because you know, if, if you make a mistake or you get caught on the rush that you have the confidence in your goaltender to make some key stops on the other end. And, you know, I think that has been part of what has made the Devils successful in the last few games. No question. And, and I think it's even more important for a younger team like the Devils 
where, you know, maybe because they're younger, they're going to make a couple of those mistakes where they'll cough up the puck. And, you know, with goaltending, sometimes it's not even just how many saves you make, it's when you make them. And to be able to make that big save when your team turns the puck over and you get that high quality scoring chance, that really does boost the confidence of a team, especially a young team like the Devils. So when you talk about making a goaltending change, uh, is that something you would have expected out of Carolina, as we are hearing might happen? Uh, I, You know, I was a little bit surprised uh, by that. I mean, Frederick Anderson is more of a veteran uh, than Auntie Ranta. Not that Ranta is very young, but he has right. more playoff experience than Ranta does. And I guess, you know, Ranta has been good, but not outstanding and when they lost game five at home to the Islanders after outplaying them really for most of the game, I think when you have two bites at the apple, you're up three, two, you change goalies. If it doesn't work, you could always go back and you have game seven at home. So I think that, you know, Rod Brindamore is looking for that momentum shift. And that may be why he had uh, Anderson taking the number one goalie reps at practice on Thursday. Yeah, I feel like Freddie Anderson is kind of a comfort blanket goaltender in a lot of ways, <laughs> um, because even though he does have weaknesses, let's you know be honest about that, you know exactly what they are and how to account for them in a way that maybe Ranta's a little bit less predictable along those lines. And maybe that's like kind of what they're looking for here. But, you know, I'm just spitballing, but that's what, that's what I can come up with here. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Carolina has three goalies who all had roughly the same statistics this year. And yeah. to me, that tells me a lot about how good the team is in front of the goaltending. Uh, but, you know, finding the right goalie to lead you forward is very important. And it's a big decision for Rod Brindamore. Yeah, so we'll see what happens in that situation. But we have so many series at three to two. And so coming up next, we're going to talk about, you know, who's playing under pressure and who's playing with house money. But first, uh, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Gil, uh, we have all every single series other than that Vegas Jets, which is now over, sitting at three games to two. 
We were just talking about the goaltending change for the New Jersey Devils, but we haven't really talked as much about the New York Rangers side of that equation and maybe what's been going wrong there. And they seem to be the team under all of the pressure at this point, down three games to two to the Devils. Yeah, and they had the 2 nothing lead, which makes it even tougher. You know, the, the Rangers go through some slumps. They did throughout the season where they just weren't clicking offensively. And, you know, they make those moves at the trade deadline. They bring in real veteran players who have playoff experience and Stanley Cup experience. So you wouldn't expect them to have these kind of struggles. You know, one game, yeah, sure. But three, that that's a little tough. And uh, there is, I think, more pressure on a veteran Rangers team that has had long-term expectations than on a young Devils team that right now, I guess, is a year ahead of where most people thought they'd be in their development. If the Rangers lose this series, I think that their fan base and their management is going to be very disappointed and we could see major changes. If the Devils drop the last two games, you know, there's no pressure there. They weren't expected to make the playoffs when the season started by most experts. Anyway, they're young, they're still up and coming. So I think, you know, part of the problem, maybe the Rangers are squeezing those sticks a little too tightly. Yeah, I think that could definitely be a possibility. Uh, You know, I think I've said this before, but I I think of this year's New Jersey Devils and last year's New York Rangers as the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other, (laughs) because I think they're in very similar situations. And Uh, Given that the Rangers kind of were there last year, but then brought in some additional talent to take that step forward, you're right. Like now the pressure is all on them to win this series. And you have like their kind of mirror image from last year being this younger upstart team that didn't have as many expectations on it coming in with now a really hot goaltender. Uh, I think it's taken them by surprise and they've kind of reverted into those maybe not as good habits that they had in those slumping periods in the regular season, to your point. Yeah. And there's no margin for error anymore. I mean, game six is at Madison square garden. And if they don't wake up tonight, they're going home. They're, they're, they're on the golf course over the rest of the weekend. Yeah, another team under a ton of pressure that just could not get it done last night is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, we talked about them last week, you know, having all of the pressure on them and, you know, being up three games to one. And they've been in that situation before and then wound up losing game five. And now game six goes back to Tampa, although the Leafs did win in Tampa. So I don't know. Uh, if that is as big of a factor here, maybe it would be easier for them to win away from their fans and that pressure. Maybe, but, but boy, you know, in the back of the minds of the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's got to be this little feeling of deja vu. And, you know, the fact that game six is back in Tampa, I think will help the lightning a little bit. Look, this lightning team is not as deep and not as talented as the team that won two Stanley cups or even the team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year. But they do know how to win. I mean, they do have that playoff experience going for them, while the Leafs have this legacy of not winning in the first round since, you know, way too long, and then not making the Stanley Cup final since 
1967. There is just so much pressure on the Maple Leafs and how they handle it is going to be very important. And, you know, I almost think that the first goal in this game uh, six between these two teams is going to be huge because if Tampa Bay gets it, you know, that their confidence goes up and that sense of deja vu in Toronto, it, it gets even louder in their minds, I think, if they fall behind. I think so, too. It's a it is a very delicate situation in the Toronto Maple Leaf fandom right now. But uh, I think that it will make for an extremely entertaining game six between those two teams. And of course, we can't have this conversation without talking about the Seattle Kraken, who are now up three games to two in their series against the defending champion, Colorado Avalanche. And I think, you know, one of the things that has been remarkable for the Kraken, in my opinion, is their pace of play, that they just start out games overwhelming the Avs. And I think it just takes the Avalanche a little bit longer than it should to kind of get into the game. And by that point, Seattle has the confidence to ride it out and win these games. And it's been pretty remarkable to see. It has been. And, you know, Philip Grubauer is experienced in the playoffs and he's been solid, not outstanding, but solid. And then you, you add in the injuries, uh, you know, Nolan Descog certainly hurts Colorado. Kel McCarr being suspended for a game certainly doesn't help. But I love the speed and tempo that Seattle is playing at. And again, you talk about a team sort of playing with house money. Nobody expected Seattle to be in the playoffs. And they're playing free and loose and, and playing with intensity. It's almost like they don't know that they're supposed to be feeling the pressure right now. Yeah. And, and sometimes, especially in the first round, I think that is a huge factor because the expectations, I think, you know, weren't nothing given how Seattle played over the course of the season, I think they've been a really strong team. Um, they've had their ups and downs, but have found ways to win in many situations that they, that's just how they know how to play. And with the team being such a new team, they, they don't have the burden of long-term failure on their shoulders. Right. And I think that allows them to play a much lighter game and, you know, you mentioned like they're not gripping their sticks too tight. Right. All of that. They just can play with a level of confidence that they just have to play their game and, you know, yeah. let the let the pucks go where they go. Right. And and it's like the other thing is this, because it's such a young franchise and they've never been in the playoffs before. This team is creating the identity of the Seattle Kraken, mm -hmm. whereas, you know, we know what Edmonton does in the playoffs, Tampa Bay does in the playoffs, Toronto. Those teams all have reputations to live up to, identities, uh, a past that affects them. Seattle, just go out and play, baby. Yeah, I think that is a huge part of it. Uh, we have some exciting action this weekend and uh, most likely we'll have a bunch of series wrapped up uh, before we get to the next show on Monday. So we will talk about them coming up next.
So Gil, uh, one of the other series that we haven't talked about yet is Florida versus Boston, and they have their critical game six in Florida after the Panthers forced this game six, uh, winning in overtime four to three in Boston in game five. So that is, I think, probably the most interesting game on the schedule tonight. Yeah, I don't think too many people expected this series to go six games. And especially with the uncertain goaltending in Florida, I mean, Alex Lyon wasn't able to keep that really high level that he played down the stretch to get Florida into the playoffs. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky has struggled. He has a 4-1-2 goals against average in the three games that he started. And yet this team is finding a way to stay with this record-setting President's Trophy-winning Boston Bruins team. And uh, they have made it an interesting series. I give them a lot of credit. Same. And I, I think when you compare these two teams, you know, the Bruins have just been this juggernaut all season and really kind of play as a team. And Florida has struggled with that, with all the changes that happened last offseason to the roster. I feel like they're still more like a team of individuals than Boston is to a large degree. Uh, but somehow they're like finding, you know, chemistry that maybe wasn't there before to keep up with the Bruins to, to some degree. But it is interesting because like when they're losing, they're losing badly, but when they're competing, like it's a pretty evenly matched series and it's just a matter of which version of the Panthers are going to show up tonight. Yeah. When they're at their best, they could play with anybody and the talent is definitely there. And you talked about all the off season changes. I mean, they won the president's trophy a year ago, but there was so much turnover uh, up and down that roster. So the talent is, is clearly there. It's just a question of getting the chemistry and figuring out, uh, you know, the, the thing that I think will be Florida's undoing, their defense as a team is just not as consistent as it needs yeah. to be in the playoffs. I think so, too. And, you know, it's kind of hard to blame them against a team like the Bruins, but that's where I think you kind of have to outplay what your supposed limits are. And uh, so it's going to be a tough one for sure in Florida, again, with a lot of Boston fans down there, uh, always like a bizarre situation in those crowds. But we'll see how that one turns out and if they'll need a game seven. Uh, I think you know, one of the other series that could wrap up is Carolina against the New York Islanders. We already talked about a potential goaltending change for Carolina, but what do the Islanders have to do to stay in this one, Gil? You know, the Islanders are sort of walking a fine line and they have to stay out of the penalty box. And the fine line is this. The Islanders want to be the more physical team. They're trying to wear down the Carolina Hurricanes create off the forecheck, force them to turn pucks over. But, you know, if you get too physical and the referees call things too close, you're in the penalty box and special teams have killed the Islanders all series long. If the Islanders can stick this to a five-on-five -five game, they've outplayed Carolina in this series five-on-five. -five. But special teams, both sides of it, have really favored Carolina uh, the goaltending change, if it happens, will be big. But uh, the Islanders need to play smart, mistake-free hockey or else they're going home. 
Yeah, it's been interesting. If you look at, you know, the home team versus the road team in this series, all of the games in Carolina have been very close. And while the two games on uh, the island were split, they were both more decisive victories for one team or the other. And so you have to wonder, you know, what does that mean for game six at UBS Arena? Yeah, and then the other statistic, you know, both of these teams are kind of defense first shutdown teams. The team that scored first has won all five games uh, so far in this series. So that first goal is huge because both of these teams are built to play with a lead, not built to come from behind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we kind of already talked about the Kraken and Avalanche series. They have their game six uh, in Seattle tonight. Uh, we haven't talked quite as much about Stars versus Wild, who have game six in Minnesota. And uh, that, this series, I don't know, man. It, <laughs> every day I feel like a different team is going to win it. But um, I don't my gut still says even though this game is at minnesota that the stars are gonna win it out i think the stars have to be the favorites in in this series but you know both of these teams are really good but not always really consistent and you know the minnesota wild can look like stanley cup contenders one game and look like how did they get this far in the next they need to be more consistent i love the goaltending in this series though i mean both teams are capable of of having some really good goaltending performances. This has been an entertaining series, and I think it may go seven. It could. Uh, I think this is the kind of game where, at least for Dallas, like those stars have to, uh, pun intended there, have to really step it up. And I think, you know, this is like a, a Jason Robertson special waiting yep. to happen. Yep. Uh, it, it, time to Time to shine. That's it. Exactly. Uh, as far as the rest of the weekend, of course, the other series will continue on Saturday where we have game six for the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then we'll have game six for Edmonton versus L.A. And I, I think the Oilers are taking this one over at this point, but they're back in L.A. for game six. Yes, they are, and uh, yeah, I I love the rivalry between these two teams, and it's it's always good to me when you have two teams that meet in the playoffs uh, a couple of years in a row, or you know three out of four years. It it really builds the intensity and builds the rivalry. And the Kings are the kind of team that kind of can slow down Edmonton to a point and match up well with them, uh, even if. Edmonton ends up winning the series, and I think they would be the favorites to do that. It's not going to be easy, and they know they're going to be in a battle. So, I mean, the, the Kings just find a way, and I like the direction that the team is headed in. Yeah, I do as well, and I would not be shocked given the way this series has gone uh, if Game 6 goes into overtime to determine a winner. Absolutely. And then, of course, we'll have game six uh, for Devils versus Rangers on Saturday as well. And uh, I can't believe like the New Jersey Devils could be closing this one out. Yeah, that's a, a surprise. They'd have to do it at Madison Square Garden. But right now, 
the momentum is clearly on the devil's side and and they have to ride that wave and try to finish it out before the rangers wake up and realize we have to get back into this series i i, I this game I, I you talk about overtime wouldn't be surprised if game six goes to ot either yeah, and it's been a, a little perplexing to see the New York Rangers lose at Madison Square Garden both times this series. They're back at MSG for game six. Last chance in front of the home fans to to really make an impact. And um, you have to think they're going to lay it all out there in order to do that. You, you do. And and to if they lose this series in six, lose all three home games after having a two nothing series lead winning both games in Newark boy that would be a heartbreaking way for them to end their season oh man would it all right well I'm looking forward to all of these games and uh, we will be back next Friday to discuss whatever the outcomes were from this series looking at uh, round two of the playoffs as well. We'll have so much to talk about then. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On NHL here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.